guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Janice, and welcome to another episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence. Those are the three things I think are critical to every successful entrepreneur. So grab a cup of your favorite brew, and let's get into today's episode. Today's podcast is a little different. You're going to hear from an incredibly courageous and humble woman who backed herself at the age of 17 and started a dance studio. Many years later, she partnered with a former competitor, and they established an incredibly successful production company, which hosts the fastest-growing dance competition in the Canadian Maritimes. One review states, They make you feel like part of their family. Jocelyn and Robin are probably the two most incredible people I have ever met. They have the biggest hearts. Everything they do comes from the bottom of their hearts, with the dancers in mind. Overall, Limelight has been more than just a competition to me, and I am so blessed to have been part of such a wonderful event. This isn't just a single glowing review, either. These sentiments are echoed in every review I could find for RSI Danceworks and Limelight Productions, Inc. That kind of consistency in testimonials is something I think we all aspire to, and I also think that in this interview, you'll really hear Robin's heart and her passion come out in her humble and honest way. I hope you'll be inspired by her connection with her community and her resolve to fill the gaps in the services that she saw. And I'll let you in on a secret. I didn't actually need to research Robin's skills as a dancer, a dance teacher, or a believer and supporter of those who want to try it out. Today, you're hearing from the grown-up version of the girl who I credit with getting me on the cheerleading squad. I knew Robin when we were both in junior high, and even then, I remember her saying she wanted to own her own dance studio. I moved away after junior high, and we lost touch. So when I started this podcast and I saw her on my email list, I was pretty super excited, and I reached out to see if she'd give me the pleasure of having her on. And she did. And this is the result. 
I hope you enjoy listening to Robin Eisner Cantfell as much as I enjoyed getting back in touch with her. Well, thank you very much, Robin, for joining me this morning. You're about to spill all your life details. I so appreciate that. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. Oh, me too, actually. I cannot believe the amount of things that you've done and the amount of um, accolades that you have gotten from the people that you've worked with. So I'm really interested in finding out how you got into this and, and all the details. So we're going to jump in with you have two companies. We're hitting the headlines. Can you tell me about which company came first? So um, my first company was the dance studio, which is RSI Dance Works. And that company came out of, I actually saw, I was in grade 11 in high school <laughs> and I was 17 years old. And I, I was a, a trained dancer in ballet and jazz. And it was on my way to taking my professional certifications and, and all of that. Um, and there was um, an ad in our local I think, news bulletin from a local mom who was looking to start a, a dance program in our area for her two daughters. So I thought, well, that'll be a fun thing to do. I mean, I can do that. I'm trained. I can do that. And that sounds fun. It sounds way better than, you know working at the corner store or, or working at, you know, the local, a local restaurant. Um, so I, I called her and we chatted um, and that's how we started the program. And that was 25 years ago. And wow. her two daughters um, ended up dancing with me for years and ended up going on and becoming dance teachers themselves and still work for me to this day. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and that mother is still one of my very, best friend. She's a lovely lady. I still see her. Um, and I still see her daughters on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it started. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, just from an ad in the paper brought you down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I always, I always want, you know, I had been teaching a little bit at that point, um, yeah. you know, and, and assisting and teaching and that sort of thing, but I was only 17. So it was nothing, nothing serious. Um, that was the step where we went from opening up, you know, a, a little program. And that very first year, we had 28 students at a local community venue. And then it grew to eventually, at, at some, you know, at some times in our 25 years, we've had upwards to 500 students. You know, of course, our wow. fluctuates. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we started with 28 dancers, and, and that was 25 years ago. That is amazing. Like that's a, that's a lot of kids that you have impacted. That's a lot of little feet that have danced to your tunes. That's amazing. When I know I'm going to cry when you say it like that, uh, <laughs> you know, we have had a, a great deal of students come through our doors in 25 years. And th that's really just why we do it because, you know, dance is an important, I feel it's an important, the arts is important and I don't feel that our kids are exposed to it enough, especially in smaller communities in, in Nova Scotia and probably other parts of Canada. So we've always tried to make our, our classes affordable and, you know, and accessible to as many people as possible. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you certainly have done that if you've gotten upwards of 500 people. Like that's, that's a lot of people for a small town. You know, it like is. for a small community, that's amazing. Yeah. 
And so, okay, as a 17 year old setting up this business with a mom, Mm -hmm. how did that work? Like, how did you, how, who did what in actually creating the business? Like, can you walk me through? Well, the the first year, you know, it was organized very much by this mother and I just came in and taught, but it grew so quickly that we we added locations and I was I was the one in charge of the other locations and she was just taking care of the original spot um, and then you know eventually it, after a few years she'd stepped away and I was just doing I was doing everything um, so that's how it started and that mother still to this day volunteers at our recitals even though her daughters are yeah you know, in their 30s and um, still, you know, she still helps us in that way. So that's how it happened. So as a 17-year-old, honestly, I mean, it, it was trial and error for yeah. a few years, right up until I would say my mid-20s. Um, yeah. It was a lot of learning. Um, and I still, even as a young, even as a young woman in my 20s, I didn't think that I was going to have the opportunity to do this for as long as I had. I I thought it was fun and I was very fortunate to do it, you know, to teach and to have the opportunity for those years. But I never in a million years thought in my 40s I'd still be doing it. That's phenomenal. But I mean, you obviously love it because like when you talk about it, you smile and you're, you're engaged and you're animated. So it's clearly it's been a passion and you have, you've, you've enjoyed it, yes, which is wonderful. I, I do love it. That's for sure. So I'm just, sorry, I'm just thinking like as a 17 year old or even somebody in their twenties or thirties or forties, like that learning curve must've been humongous. Did you like, did you do everything? Did you do like the books and the registering the company and like, did you have a lot of help or did you um, figure it out with assistance? If you know what I mean? So I, I figured it out with assistance. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have a great deal of help at the beginning, other than, of course, the assistance from the mom that was the original, was my original contact. You know, I, I had to figure it out. For the first 11 years, our company was a proprietorship. Um, and then it got to the point where I had to incorporate it. So I learned, I had to learn how to do those things. Um, I have no business background at all. Um, I was going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no business background. In hindsight, that would have been helpful. <laughs> and um, since I've taken, you know, many courses in accounting and marketing, you know, and I've had to learn, you know, things like networking and um, and those those sorts of things. So, and and even learning. How, how, how to work, how that, how that would work for you in your yeah. company. And as a 17 year old and as in my early twenties, I wasn't even really aware. I, I just knew that I loved to dance and I, I knew I was pretty good at teaching um, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I came from, I came from a long line of educators. My mother was a teacher for 36 years before she retired and she absolutely loved teaching. Um, and it was something that she passed on to to me and my siblings, both of my siblings are school teachers. So we all work with children. Oh my goodness. And so I think it was, it was a natural fit for me to, to, to teach in that way. Yeah. Um, 
So it was, like I said, it was trial and error, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of learning. <laughs> Very much so. In terms of today, do you still do everything or do you have like office assistants or do you farm out some of the extra work? So for the first, right up until I had my first child, I did a, a lot of the teaching and also did most of the office work. Now I, I'm generally in the office most of the time and I do have someone who works in the office with me and I have, um, you know, staff, staff that help me with, of course, the teaching. I, I only teach a little bit, which is sad because that really is, that, that's to me the, the most fun of, of yeah. what I get to do is working with the kids. Um, a few years ago, we started, um, we produced a full-length nutcracker at our studio Mm -hmm. And we stage it in our local community here and donate a portion of the proceeds back to the community for, for families at Christmas. That's so, wonderful. Um, that, has, that has given me a way to express my creative side, which I, was, which I had missed for quite a few years because I was in the middle of accounting and marketing and all the things <laughs> that I wasn't at all trained to do. Yeah. So I... Um, I started that eight years ago with um, with our with the head of our ballet department, and that that was great because it gave me a way to create again and to choreograph again because I I was missing that for a while. Yeah, well, if you're a creative person, you need that creative outlet. You need that reason to be still in the business. If you don't right. get to do what you love, right? It so it kind of takes like away. Said, it, 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 there were times throughout the 25 years when I thought to myself, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't sign up to be an accountant or in marketing or, yeah. um, or answer emails all day. Um, yeah. So I really did have to give myself that time away from the actual running of the business to still get to spend time with the kids and to be at events with them backstage and to, to choreograph for them and to be in the studio dancing with them and working with them. And that, that made a huge difference. That actually brought my excitement for the company back to life was, was creating our Nutcracker. Like I said, it was about eight, eight years ago. <laughs> and so was that performance of the Nutcracker, the creation of the Nutcracker, was that your segue into Limelight? No, that actually came after Limelight. Um, oh, okay. It did, yeah. So Limelight is, is 10 years old. We were, we were supposed to this year celebrate our 10th year anniversary. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, things, things were shut down because of, because of the situation that we're in with the, with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, Limelight happened out of, uh, you know, we, I had been teaching for 15 years at that point. Um, so our studio was 15 years old. So I had been attending competitions and dance events with my own students and mm -hmm. our staff for 15 years. And every time we would go to a competition and come back, I would say, you know, my, 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 my fellow staff members, we, we'd have all these ideas. Oh, we should have done this, should have done this. Or, you know, if we were running things, we would have done this. Yeah. Um, and that's, we felt that there was a need in our community you know, we, we felt that there was something else that our local studios needed. Um, and that's how Limelight came about. We finally decided to stop talking about what we would have done and just 
do it. So that's how Limelight happened. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, okay, so your first, your first company came out of an ad in the paper mm -hmm. where there was a need and you jumped into Phyllis and then your second company, same thing. You're very brave. I don't know about that. Um, we, you know, my second company, I do have a business partner um, yeah. in that company. So I, I wasn't taking the risk completely by myself, but we, we started small that first year, the first year that we ran um, our dance events. We started small to see how it would go. Um, and we had no idea that it would take off as quickly as it did. So we, we had one event that very first year at a smaller venue and we filled the, the event that first year with waiting lists. So wow. we went on the next year to, to move it to a much larger venue in downtown Halifax. And, and then it, the rest is really history. Now we, we run four events a year, two in Halifax, two in Moncton. When we discussed running our, our events, it was based on what we would want as studio directors and as dance teachers and dancers. Mm -hmm. So we would ask ourselves those questions. When we're going to a dance event, what do we want? And of course, at the time, I was not a parent of a dancer. I am now. Mm -hmm. So now I ask myself, you know, what, what do dance parents want? What do studio directors want? because I can fill all those roles. And, and that's how it started. You're very in touch with your community, both your dance community and your actual living area. And I think that's so wonderful. I love seeing somebody who has a passion for something, sees the need and backs herself to fill those needs. I'm sitting here in awe because you just seem to have worked hard and gotten a really good return on that. I feel that in community is important and I feel incredibly blessed grew up in, in this community. I went to high school in this community. So I have a, a personal attachment to this community. We've always with the dance studio, we've always held our events in our community. Mm -hmm. We've never gone to larger venues outside of our community even though there are larger venues we've always staged our performances and our recitals in the community because my thought has always been that there's no point you know what, what's yeah. the point of taking us out of our community this is where we're from and and i our local theater is is very dear to my heart i i love stepping foot in our local theater at our local high school and so do the kids when i when i step in that room you know, years of memories, you know, come back. Um, yeah. And I, I would think, I would think most of our students uh, would feel the same. That's lovely. That's really lovely. This is such a lovely way to start my day with somebody who, <laughs> I don't know, it's nice because so many people um, aren't able to do that, don't back themselves or don't see the need or it's, it's really inspiring to see someone who at 17 and then again how old were you when you started limelight then roughly um, you don't have limelight, to give so i um i was 
early 30s. It was right 30. after I had my first child. So I would have been you know, 31, 32 yeah. when I started Limelight. My, my daughter was, uh, was just a baby when that happened. That's amazing. That, cause you know, nothing else going on. New baby, <laughs> 15 year old business, whatever. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> Go big or stay home. Um, I've always had a great deal of family support, which yeah. is incredibly important. Yes. My husband's very supportive of, you know, my career choices, my family, you know, my family is supportive. So Without that, I'm sure we would be having a different conversation today. Yeah, I'm, I believe that. And tell me, I'm assuming that the creative part and the interaction with the kids is your favorite part of perhaps even both of those businesses? Yeah, absolutely. What would be your least favorite? Um, you know, I mean... I think all parts of the business can can be good. <laughs> um, but I would have to say the, my least favorite has been finding a work-life, family-life balance. I've always struggled with that um, because I'm an all-or-nothing kind of person. <laughs> when I'm working on something or when I'm, when I'm working on a project or an event, you know, I'm all in. So... Being able to come home and turn off my work has been hard. Also, you know, it, it's been important for me to set boundaries. Um, you know, as far as, you know, when, when I'm returning phone calls or emails or, you know, corresponding with, with, our, with our dance families or our studio, other studio directors. So I think, so that's been the hardest part has been creating boundaries. Um, and the, the work-life balance. As a female entrepreneur, I didn't have maternity leave when I had my children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I had my first child, I went back to work when she was two weeks old. Oh and, gosh. Um, and and I was fine with that. You know, I had, I had accepted that. <laughs> and, um, you know, I went back to work. I had my kids during our busiest time of the year in the spring. Both of my children. Um, so recitals were happening and dance competitions were happening and there was, there really wasn't a break. And then when I had my son, um, I had him on a Monday and I got out of the hospital on a Wednesday and I ran a large event on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I worked 40 hours the same week I had him. Oh my um, gosh. And now when I think back to that, I think, oh my God, how did, how did you do that? <laughs> Um, I, yeah, but I didn't have a choice. You know, our events, our large scale events are planned, you know, two, two and three years, our dates are planned in advance and our venues are booked years in advance, you know, so wow, I didn't know um, that that's the way it was going to yeah. fall, <laughs> but, but I did it and, and I got through. So I would have to say, yeah, for me, the hardest part has been not ever being able to step away like, like a, a regular job. You know, a regular job, you get to leave and, yeah. and deal with your family time. I would have to say another example would be when my father was sick um, and he was in ICU, you know, and, and you're dealing with the emotions of, of, of a parent who's, who's very ill. You know, my, my businesses never get to, to shut off. So, yeah. you know, my business partner would meet me at the hospital to go over, you know, to go over the running of our business 
you know, luckily my business partner is amazing. So she took on a great deal more that year than, you know, she took on a lot of my work, but, um, but I still had things I had to do and there were certain things that had to be done by me. So we would have meetings at the hospital when I was there with him. So, so those are just maybe a couple of examples. That would be the hardest part I would think is never, never being able to step away. Yeah. Wow. And it sounds like you, there were some times you could have used that space. Absolutely. But I also think, um, looking back, you know, good things came out of, out of those things as well. Um, you know, because I didn't get to have a regular maternity leave, you know, like a lot of other moms, my husband took some time, um, because mm -hmm. he was entitled to leave and he, you know, he's just as involved in caring for our children as I am. So my kids can be, can be supported by him just as they are by me. In dealing with the loss of a parent, you know, that was of course, you know, difficult, you know, losing anyone, any loved one. I didn't really have the opportunity to think about it <laughs> because I was so busy, you know, that could be good or bad. But for me, um, keeping busy was, was the best thing for me. So that for me was, was good. You have a very positive attitude. Like I'm sure Probably in the moment, <laughs> in the moment it might not be all sunshine and roses, but upon reflection, you seem to have accepted and made your peace and taken what was good, exactly. which is admirable. You can find good out of any situation. Yeah. And, you know, yes, when I had a, a two-week-old baby at home and I was still going to work, in my head, I thought, you know, I thought a lot of things. <laughs> Mostly, I was just trying to survive. Yeah. You know, like I said, looking back, there were positive things that came out of that. Well, I'm I'm really happy to hear about that. I'm I'm happy to hear the positive side. You know, I'm happy to hear that. That's that's a nice thing to take away. I'm curious about your partnership. Do you find having a partner? A, I don't know. How do you find having a partner? Like, because you have one business that you run, and mm -hmm. you're everything rests on your shoulders and right. then you have limelight where you have a business partner. And clearly from what you were just saying, like there's some massive upsides to having a business partner and seemingly it would be a good relationship if she was willing to jump in and appreciate the fact that you were having some struggles and she right. covered, but I'm just curious, what's your take on, on partnership? Well, I think that partnership is wonderful if you are partnered with the right person. I've been incredibly fortunate to have not only in the business, so my, my staff, mm -hmm. um, they're amazing. And I surround myself with like-minded, you know, I say women because most of us are women um, at, at our place of work. So, but my business partner with Limelight, um, her name is Jocelyn and we've known each other since we were, probably 10 years old. At first we competed against each other because we danced at different studios. Oh, wow. Um, and then we started teaching together at the studio in our 20s. And then in our 30s, of course, started, started a business together. So we had a great history before we started working together. So number one, I knew I could work with her. Mm -hmm. um, and we recognize that our jobs within the company are very different we recognize our strengths. I know what her strengths are. She knows what my strengths are and we divide and conquer our, our work. So that's how we handle it. Um, you also, 
truly believe you need to trust that person you're working with, like family, that's important. So you, you need to be able to trust your business yeah. partner like you would your own family. And, and that, in my case, has certainly been true. Again, you know, I'm sorry to jump back into this, but to me, that is a testament to your involvement with your community. You've got your passion, you've got your your abilities and your capabilities and you attract likewise. I think if you weren't so involved in your dance community, if you weren't um, showing up as who you are, I, I don't know that you would have gotten such a great partner. Would right. you agree with that? I, I do. I think, I think that if you run your business based on based on your own moral compass and who you are as a person, mm -hmm. then, which I think is important. I don't think you can run your business any other way. I know people will say, you know, everything's fair in business. I, I don't think that's true. I think that your businesses need to be run like, you know, like you would run your, your own personal life. M my staff are a group of strong, incredibly strong women who are like-minded in their passion for the arts, in what they feel the arts can do for our community and our children. And that's important because, you know, and it's not that we always agree because we certainly don't, mm -hmm. but the basis of who we are um, and what our values and goals are, are generally the same. You know, and I've had situations where we have had, you know, some, some stuff in the past and, and honestly, they, they generally, they don't stay. And it's not even that I have to ask them to leave. They almost sense that maybe this isn't the place for them and that that's fine. Our, we don't have a great turnaround in our staff. We've had staff that have been with us for over 20 years, many of them. Wow. You know, we don't have to hire staff a lot because they come and they generally stay. Um, so I'm lucky in the fact that I've had, I've, I've worked alongside these incredible women, some of them for over 20 years. Over 20 years, you really get to know people and you get to know yeah. what their strengths are and you can tap into those strengths and... And, and help that, you know, help your own company with the strengths that you see in other people. So you had said that you um, didn't have any formal business education before you started out. I, I need to say like the managerial skills that you clearly have are not ones that could have ever been taught in an educational institution anyway. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's not amazing. It's wonderful that you love your people. Because if you didn't love your people, they wouldn't stay with you yeah, for our, twenty odd years. We, we do have um, we do have an incredible staff, and you know I think that's important. You can't you can't work with people every day if you don't have a common if you don't have common values and a common goal. Yeah. Um, I've often said honestly, though, running a business has taught me more about life in general than than going to university. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like I learned way more running a business for four years than I did in, in, at, at university. It's all in, in the life experience that you're, that you're gaining. But again, it was years and years of trial and error. That's, yeah. you know, that's really what it was. It just didn't happen overnight. Is there anything that you wish you had known before you got into business? Hmm. Like any well, skills that you would have rather had or courses you think you maybe would have benefited from or <laughs> well I think I think having a better understanding of 
accounting <laughs> and marketing and, you know, actual skill, those skills would have been incredibly helpful at the beginning. And like I said, I've since taken, you know, courses and workshops and I have been trained in databases and that sort of thing to help me deal with that side of the business. But, but having, having that knowledge earlier on would have been helpful because when I, when I did take courses, it was out of a pure, you know, need of, oh my God, I need to figure out how to do this because this is insane. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know? <laughs> um, you know, what I'm doing right now clearly isn't working and I need to figure this out. So that, that's, that's how a lot of my training in business came about was right. my understanding that I really wasn't that good at it. <laughs> so, so, and then just taking those steps to, you know, even a little bit of knowledge and those simple things would have been helpful early on. Right. I'm curious, what was the best piece of advice you've ever gotten the best piece of advice. Oh my goodness. Well, people give me advice all the time. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. It's funny, you know, as I've gotten older in business, um, when you're younger, you know, as a, as, as a 17 year old, you know, just starting out and even in my early twenties, you know, as a young female in business, how people talk to you is different than now as, as a 40 some year old woman. <laughs> I find that because I'm now older than a lot of our, a lot of the, the people I deal with, the conversations are different because, and, and my, my perception of what I know is different. Um, but I would have to say the best advice I ever got is to stop every now and then. I generally do it at the end of a dance season. So at the end of the year and reassess what worked that year, what didn't work, so even a year that seemed to run very smoothly, there's always room for improvement. So I, I would have to say that's my best, that's been my best advice. I'm always reassessing, checking in with my staff and saying, what do you think we can do next year to make this work even, even better? Because there's always room for improvement. Mm -hmm. So never, I guess, never becoming complacent because, you know, you, you can always make things better and run and run smoother. So the second you start thinking, oh, I have it all figured out, that's when you don't. <laughs> so that would have to be the best advice I've ever gotten. And would that be the advice that you would pass on to other people starting out their companies or in the beginning stages? Or is there a different piece of advice that you would add? Well, I definitely give that advice. Um, I think I'd also give the advice, and I kind of referenced this earlier, is right away to create boundaries between your business life and your personal life in in some way um, that may look different for different people but i would say if you can create boundaries right away then you're not trying to figure out how to do that once you're in in the craziness of running a business you know for me i didn't do that until later on and it was after i had my first child that i that i thought okay i need some boundaries here you know i i can't i can't be talking to our clients on the phone when I have a screaming baby that I'm trying to settle. Right. So, yeah. so I, after I had my first child, I really started to put those boundaries in place. So it would have been nice if those boundaries had have been there before I had children. So that, that's the advice I would give, I think, just to be clear about what those boundaries are and they may change 
every year. So maybe reassess what they are every year. So you're bouncing back to your original advice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, do you have any tips on what kind of, um, what kind of boundaries worked for you? Like what, what did you put in place? So for me, um, boundaries about um, correspondence. Um, for a long time, in order to, to discuss business, people would call my, my home. You know, that I, they had access to me all the time. They had access to me 24 hours a day. And it's not that that bothered me. It was difficult. You know, it was, you know, it, it wasn't the typical when you would, like, a, if you have a regular job, when you come home from work, that's it. You don't have to think about your job until you go back the next day. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was 24-7 all the time and I know I had to stop and I had to think okay we're we're dance teachers you know I, I'm not I'm not a surgeon I don't need yeah. to be available to people 24 hours a day there is nothing that's happening in our business that is that important that people need to access me at 10 o'clock at night or mm -hmm. 7 o'clock in the morning so for me it was those simple making boundaries about calls so I stopped taking calls at home I really try to deal mostly through email now, especially in the time of COVID and, you know, emailing and, and having strict office hours that we have a staff in the office where people can call the office if they need to. So that's, that, that, that for me is what helps is to, so that I can come home and know that, okay, I'm not, I'm not working yep. right now. Yep. And you don't look at the email. Right. I try not to. I'm yeah. still getting, I'm hard at, uh, that's a hard one. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I am trying to get better at not checking email outside of my office hours. Good for you. Good for you. That's a hard one. I, I refuse to put um, email on my phone because I can oh. see how other people, every time there was that notification, I was like, they, you know, oh my gosh, I got to see what happened. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm so not. I, um, I do have email on my phone simply because it, I need I need to be able to access it. But I took all the notifications off. <laughs> there you go. So I, I don't get notifications when emails come in. I have to make the choice to check. So that for me was was a compromise. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. Oh, for that's me. a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. And. Is there anything that you want to share that we haven't covered? I've, I feel incredibly blessed that I've been able to do this for all these years. Doing something you love is, is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it is funny though. I often hear people say, you know, the phrase, you know, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I actually find that to be not true at all. <laughs> I find that when you do something that you love and that you feel is important and that you're passionate about, you actually work even harder for it. That has been my experience. And I'm fine with that. You know, I, mm -hmm. I feel incredibly blessed because it's been very rewarding. But to say do something you love and you won't work a day in your life, that's just the opposite of what my experience has been. <laughs> <laughs> because I care about it. Yeah. And, and it's important and I feel it's important. So of course I'm going to work harder for something that I feel is important. Yeah. Oh, actually I wanted to ask you this. Where do you find your, your students come to you from? Like how do you attract your students? So our students 
you know, at the beginning, of course, it was all, you know, children um, from our community. Now, um, we do have a lot of students from outside of our community, you know, up to, you know, like within a 50 kilometer radius, because we go to competitions and they would see our studio possibly perform at a competition, and then they would be interested in, in, in competing with us. So they would transfer from another studio to our studio so that they would have the opportunity to attend competitions with us. So at the beginning, it was, you know, simply children from our community, which is great. And, and the majority of our children are still from our community, but we also have dancers from communities away um, that, that would have been at an event with us and mm-hmm. decided that they wanted, to, they wanted to join us. And I'm curious because it's, it's feasible, so I'll ask, have you had a second generation start coming through? Um, yes. That, actually, <laughs> yeah. That's, that is such a testament to you. That happened. Oh, goodness. Um, I think that that probably happened about five years ago. Yeah. Um, we had a, a dancer that I had taught now, her children, dance with us. And we actually have a few situations of that now. So the year that that happened, and I think it might have been five or six years ago now, honestly, I can't, I can't remember. The very first year that we had um, students, children of our students mm-hmm. um, come through, my staff, my, my co-workers started calling me um, grandma. Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. So I was still in my 30s at the time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, Boundary. that's what happened. Um, so I, I've, I've said, okay, as soon as, as soon as like those children start having kids and they come, that's it. Like I'm done. <laughs> but no, it was, um, it was, that was, that was, that was a moment actually for me to see my former students walk through the door with their children. Wow. Yeah. And actually, and so you bring up when the third generation hits, that's your, that's your exit plan. But in, in all seriousness, are you looking at an exit plan or are you like, you're going to go until it's not fun anymore or. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, every year I, I, every year I say, okay, you know, I I still love this. If I still love it, I'm going to do it. That's, that's the bottom line. Um, and I, I, there are parts of it that I still absolutely love after 25 years. So if I don't love it anymore, then, then I wouldn't do it, but I can't see that happening anytime soon. It's a, it's a lot of work for something that you don't love. You know, it is a great deal of work, keep keeping it going. Um, but I still absolutely love it. So that's what that's I'll what do. I'll, I'll base it on, I'll base it on how how I feel, but right now I still love it. So that's good. You'll probably see me there for a while. (laughs) So there might be a third generation. (laughs) There might be, there might be, that'll take a few years though. So yes. (laughs) Well, Robin, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. Where can they, they want to dance with Robin Eisner, can't fell. Where do they find you? They would find us um, in Enfield. We've been in the same studio for over 20 years now um, in Enfield, Nova Scotia. Okay. Um, and you can find us online 
if you want to dance with us. So, and especially in the age of COVID, um, you know, our, our class numbers are a little lower than they have been. Mm -hmm. um, but we're looking forward to making the appropriate changes and getting, getting kids safely back into the studio. And what's your website? It is www.rsidanceworks.ca. Perfect. And I will definitely link to that in the show notes as well. Do you want to give the information for Limelight just in case you guys... In case large gatherings are allowed to happen. <laughs> um, Limelight is www.limelightproductionsinc.com. Perfect. And again, I'll link to that as well in the show notes. Awesome. So thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time and sharing your, your journey with us. It's been really, really... It's been lovely. Like my heart is all full because you just so clearly love dancing and the people and believe wholeheartedly in what you can give your community. And it's, it's really nice. It's lovely to hear. It's lovely to, um, to meet somebody who, who has that ideal and puts it into action. And a 17-year-old who backs herself like that. Oh, man. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was, it was great to touch base. It was great to talk to, uh, to an adult. I've been with my kids <laughs> a lot lately. So it, it was great to have conversations with people over the age of 12. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you struggle sometimes with what you should post on social for your business? What if you could quickly and easily decide on what you're going to post on all of the feeds by using some simple prompts? What if those prompts were reusable and would create unique posts each time with no extra thought required on your part? Sound good? Well, my friend, I've created the ultimate guide in my five unique social media posts ideas to help you to do just that. Yeah, but Jan, I can listen to your 15-minute podcast, but I don't have the time to pre-plan a social calendar right now. Plus, I really don't even know what I'd post about that people might actually care to stop and read. I hear you. Time to plan and create content is the number one reason why people stick with posting the same few things over and over or just don't post as much as they'd like, which is why I created my five unique social media post guide because you can easily reuse these ideas multiple times each, resulting in over 50 new posts from these five prompts, and they can be used on all of your social channels. So get instant access to my five unique social media post guide at janicefogarty.com and download your guide today for a better social feed with less stress. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. And if you like what you heard, I'd love if you could hit the subscribe button and leave me a positive review wherever you're listening. It doesn't cost you anything but an extra minute of time, but it means a lot to me. And if you really like what you're learning, head to JaniceFogarty.com and sign up for my weekly email. You'll be the first to know about the new episodes and the other plans I'm working on. So make sure to meet me, same time, same place, next week. Until then, stay safe and thank you so much. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.